Welcome back, everybody, to Judging Nerd Culture. I'm Ollie. And I'm Jess. And we're here to talk about a little bit of a lot of things, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a broad discussion about some pretty common anime tropes. So, yeah. there's been one other episode similar to this in which we focused really on just one anime trope, uh, and that was never giving up, <laughs> because that one's in everything ever. But there's a bunch of little anime tropes here and there that are kind of uh, staples of the genre of anime in general. And they deserve a little bit of limelight and a little bit of discussion. So we're going to kind of just talk a little bit about <laughs> as many as we can think of off the top of our heads and a couple that we wrote down here and there. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote them down. <laughs> They're not really off the top of our head. So that's what we're going to do in this episode. Just going to go a few of those and... Uh, talk about them and talk about whether uh, they're they make the genre better or worse. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's up, which uh, what's first on the list for us? First on the list is Red vs. Blue, which is also a uh, Halo internet series. Yes, but uh, <laughs> um, but we're not talking about that. Not this time. Uh, um. No, this is almost as ubiquitous as the never giving up trope. In which it's just used to generalize two characters as character red and character blue. And uh, what is a red character like? You. Me? <laughs> um, from what I've seen, the red character is <sighs> determined to, I don't know, do something very aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> Not do something aggressive. But determined to do something aggressively. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is. I'm gonna bake a cake real hard. <laughs> I'm gonna bake that yeah, damn cake. Yeah, but but normally they're the bad guy, or they can just be the like angsty best friend or something. Mm -hmm. Like in Voltron, it's um what Keith is red. Yeah. And, and he is. <laughs> he's just the angsty friend. He's the, he's the um, bad one. It makes sense. Uh, not necessarily an enemy. Um, it's just he's that type of character. He's the red character, like the Red Ranger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all, it, it literally, uh, the color that is picked for this description is meant to sort of signify a lot of the character traits. It's a, it's a quick visual cue for how to understand a character without actually having to do a whole lot of the legwork of showing it. So when you see the the red character, you'll know because they look red and they're fiery and they're passionate and they're loud. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they're the main character or the main villain. Or the charismatic villain that you kind of want to join the party but is evil still. So it's like, uh, it's one of those three. <laughs> uh, like Zuko? Like Zuko. <laughs> uh, he's literally red because he's on fire. <laughs> From the Fire Nation. Uh, he, do you know what's funny about Zuko too? So Zuko starts off 100% the red character. The the passionate, loud, kind of aggressive character. But as time progresses, like he still sort of has that. But he calms the fuck down. Mm -hmm. He becomes like the sunset orange character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, so that's, that's just kind of fun to see. But... That's just one half of this. Then there's blue. There's blue. Blue, more so than red, is, I'm going to say, 80% of the time, the rival. Just insufferable, too. Also, yes. Kind of annoying. 
Uh, so blue is cool and mm-hmm. edgy. He's a lot of times the main character. I- I'm saying he's the rival most of the time. Really? I think so, because like red is Naruto, blue is Sasuke. Well, in that sense, yeah. Yeah, but that's I think that's usually how it comes out. Is there anything? Is there I don't know. You're more of a anime dweeb than I am. Wow. <laughs> I'm offended. I'm edgy. <laughs> okay. My favorite anime is Tokyo Ghoul. You're so edgy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I found that whenever I've, you know, the number of animes I've seen, a lot of times the main character will be the red one. It'll be, you know, Naruto or uh ichigo or whatever and then the blue one will be the, the main rival Sasuke, you <laughs> literally blue and the other one has red hair like it's he really is it's literally color-coded <laughs> so like I, I think that's the most common version but there are definitely a multitude of the anime in which it is reversed either way that character dynamic of hothead and cool dude is, is there it's present mm-hmm. it's a it's pretty much in i don't know i'm gonna say 75 percent of anime that i've seen that is the case mm-hmm. um we're on only like red versus blue characters but but is there a different character type that you would describe as a different color yes like like you described uryu as blue Ichigo as red, talking about bleach here, and then, um, let's say Chad. What would what what color would Chad be? Would he be black? No, 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 His no. His arm no. is black and red. No, 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 would no. Would he no. white? Uh, Chad is because his shirt's white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. Chad, his character is I'm really chill mm-hmm. until I kill you. Maybe he'd be like. A warm orange or purple color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Let us know <laughs> what color characters you think whoever is. What color character are you? Are you? <laughs> but, uh, I'm definitely red. You're red. Oh, thank you. Red is my favorite color. <laughs> uh, but no, there there is a third general category, uh, which is a little sexist, but it's, you know, it's just, I don't know, a, a leftover of color coding and character design over many, many years. Mm-hmm. But there's also pink, which go figure with the girl. Yeah. Orihime. And yeah. It's Orihime. Also, side, side note, she's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> she's just real annoying and boring. Uh, anyway. We've been watching Bleach, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the, a lot of times along with red and blue, there's pink. And it's the, the main, the leading lady. And she's usually kind of... I don't know, airheady, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, she's an airhead. She doesn't really do much, and when she does, she's like clumsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, clumsy also, is definitely <laughs> Sakura. Sa- <laughs> Sakura. Um, Sakura. Also, literally pink. Naruto is literally red. I know people <laughs> like to say, "Oh, she's so cool. She gets better. She's so strong." I really don't like her either. You know, I'm gonna say that this is. A genuine weak point in many anime is, since it's been so heavily, I don't know, influenced by 
boys and men and masculine traits in general that a lot of times where it falters the most is in its characterization and representation of women. Mm-hmm. Well, I do like in Bleach, I like Orihime's karate friend. I don't remember her name, but she's really cool. And there are characters that I like who are female in anime, uh, like, for example, Gurren Lagan. Oh, God, how can I not remember her name? Um, Start with a Y. I don't recall. Well, if you let us know, <laughs> or if you know, let us know. Um, and She's very scantily clad, but she's cool. Yeah, well, that's the thing. A lot of times the, the female characters that are most... I don't know, Im- impressive are the ones that are uh, the most likely to, to break traditional feminine character roles. Mm-hmm. They're, they're aggressive, they're tomboyish sometimes, or they're just otherwise highly skilled or very much a presence of I'm in charge of my femininity and that sort of thing. They're very powerful women mm-hmm. rather than the traditional young girl clumsy sort of deal that we see in many many different anime and i'm not saying that's that can't be a good depiction i can't i'm not saying that can't be done well i just don't think it often is i think when anime tries to depict powerful women or independent women or women who maybe break the traditional feminine typecasting it comes out pretty cool but whenever they try to show off a girly girl it comes off kind of demeaning or kind of lame (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's a trope, but it's a it's a quirk of it's anime. It's a habit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of one that kind of you know that has a very feminine character who's still really cool, and the only one I can think of which still has all of those same like character quirks, but is still really cool is hold, from. Hold on, hold on. Are you gonna say Nami? No, 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 no. Okay. She's. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Nami because she's. She's got the staff, and she knows how to fight, but she's also always in a bathing suit top. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with One Piece. We could we could talk about that some <laughs> other day. But no, I was talking. Uh, I don't remember her name either. I don't actually don't remember the name of anyone in this anime. I should because I've seen it enough times. But in Samurai Champloo, the uh, the mm. lady in that, her entire like they are literally color coded as red, blue, and pink. Yeah, and uh, she is clumsy and kind of airheaded and goofy and whatever she has all of those like classic telltale signs of of the pink character but she's also driven and determined and despite being sort of in that typecast of the flighty lady the damsel in distress she's incredibly interesting Mm -hmm. in in her depiction and that's probably the, the first one that comes to mind is like that character archetype or that character trope done incredibly well. Although the majority of the time it's usually kind of I'm not going to say cringy, but a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I've said what I have to say about Red and Blue. And there's not a lot to say other than the characters always align with their personalities and their colors. Mm-hmm. And other than red and blue, there's the pink. I'm trying to think of other colors. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here's a question for you. 
Do you think this, the, you think you like this sort of uh, color-coded characterization that has been so common in, in most anime? Or do you kind of wish that it, it was a little more uh, diverse? Or do you wish it would kind of go away from, from this shorthand? I think I like it. There's not really anything wrong with it uh, it, when it comes to always assuming this character is going to be red and this one's going to be blue. Uh, Even outside of anime, they do that. Um, Sometimes, like, have you ever noticed where in a lot of maybe action films, the bad guy is always all white? Yeah. Yeah, color using color as a signifier, yeah. as a shorthand for... Mm-hmm. So I think it's just part of that. It's just this one is used a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree. I, think it, I don't think it's bad. I think that a bad writer could use it in a really lazy way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in general, I think it's a... The reason it's so common is because it kind of makes sense. Like, those are two... Uh, powerful differential differentiating you know personality types that are realistic enough like there is that guy or that girl which is like you could calm down there's there's too much energy in you and then there's the one who's like i don't know just oh you're you're cool okay we get it <laughs> <laughs> like these are things that actually exist and having that color-coded sort of shorthand isn't bad i just think that sometimes I'm wary because a bad writer is going to be super lazy and is not going to come out. At, they're not going to become anything beyond that, which is usually the, that's the only thing I fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. One down. 25 to go. <laughs> this is a surprise episode. It's three hours long. <laughs> um, <laughs> so next we have, a trope that I'm pretty sure everybody is a werewolf. A, a werewolf? A werewolf? What's happening to Everyone's me? a werewolf? <laughs> oh, I only wish. <laughs> um, no. Everybody is pretty much aware of this trope. Whenever you begin a new anime, or even if you're watching an old one, the main characters, in most... Most of them. Not all of them, but most, at least one of the main characters, or the main character, has some crazy AF hair. <laughs> like, we've we've been watching Dr. Stone, and I, <laughs> I don't remember his name, but I always remember that he looks like an onion. Because of his green hair? Cause, yeah, and it sticks right up. <laughs> and... You okay, so you've got Doctor Stone, you've got Yu-Gi-Oh. Every single version of Yu-Gi-Oh always. That's a prime example. Yeah, I don't think anything. I think Yu-Gi-Oh is the epitome of what the fuck hair <laughs> for anime because mm-hmm. it looks like they got hit in the face with a car bumper. <laughs> like it's wild. Yeah. Um. Now that we're talking about the hair, I've realized that it's not always the hair. It's just always something about the main character or a side character that's different. Like, Naruto, his hair is just blonde, which I, mean, that I guess is... in Asian countries is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he also has, you know, the, the, weird, the scars. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't have to be hair. It's just always something that sticks out as unusual, unfamiliar. Yeah, it's a, it's a visual modifier saying, this character is different. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it does end up being hair. Like with Ichigo, aside from being 15 and looking like a 24-year-old, he is also this bright red-headed character. Or with um, Bleach, with Ichigo, and all of the Yu-Gi-Oh characters. And uh, in Dragon Ball Z, there's less of a color thing, but they're always weirdly shaped. And One Piece has characters with not so much wild hair, but wild and awkward physiological bodies. That makes them distinguish from, here's a normal character, mm-hmm. here's one of import. So, like, saying hair is a, is a fine, easy way to, you know, as a, as a shorthand frame terminology, but the fact that main characters are always so visually distinctive, I think is sort of like, uh, it reminds me of in Scooby-Doo, when an object is actually going to move and be animated, it's clearly drawn differently than the rest of the background mm-hmm. it's like that it's, it's much more bright <laughs> exactly yeah. doing that with the hair or whatever other thing is basically anime's version of actually picking out what's going to be animated mm-hmm. <laughs> and i mean it's it's nice mm-hmm. it sort of contributes to the red and blue thing you sort of get a quick feel of like okay this one's going to be important this is going to be this or something i think i think bleach does that really well where Ichigo has orange hair, and everybody's like, ah, why do you got orange hair? You're so weird. <laughs> and then Chad is just real, like, stacked. Stacks on stacks. Stacks on and stacks. And <laughs> everybody says, wow, that 17-year-old looks like he's 50. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Orihime is also stacked. And everybody says that. Yeah. I don't... There's another thing. This is not so much a trope, but a thing that I kind of, I don't know, bunches my britches with anime. A lot of times, it focuses on a younger audience, so a lot of the characters will be pretty young. Uh, but it ends up being, like, 15-year-old girls who are primarily like naked. Physical, yeah, and uh, the 15-year-old, though she's 15 and she acts like a 15-year-old, physically, she's 30 years old. Yeah, and there's a lot of visualization of that, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. And it's a little uncomfortable. And, you know, when I was younger... It definitely wasn't as uncomfortable because I was like, I don't know, a horny 15-year-old boy. So I kind of understand that it's pandering to a specific demographic. But even as soon as I hit, I don't know, as soon as I hit even just a little bit older, I realized this is kind of gross. Yes. um, (laughs) Being a 24-year-old girl who watches anime sometimes and seeing... Like a 14, 15 year old boy or girl being weirdly sexualized yeah. makes me real uncomfortable. And then during the anime, something will happen in my brain where I forget how old they are. <laughs> and. God, where's this going? <laughs> it, oh, it's, it's fine. It's. <laughs> something happens where I wash away the fact that they're only 15 and I pretend that all of the characters are like in their 20s because otherwise I will not be able to <laughs> yeah you, you like morally watch this you autocorrected the nonsense that they're saying you're like yeah. no that's 
definitely a 20-year-old man. Mm-hmm. This is dumb. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the correct canon. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I do that 100% of the time. Yeah. Like, uh, um, I've been reading a manga before and learned the character was 12. And they look like they're 19. <laughs> so I just, to myself, go, nope, they're 19 now. <laughs> uh, I think that's definitely another trend. I'm, again, maybe this is a trope, maybe it's just a trend, but horrifically underaging characters is rampant. It's weird. It's definitely something I don't understand. Maybe it's a cultural thing. or maybe I don't have any idea what's going on with that. But that's probably the one thing in anime that kind of pulls me away the most. Mm-hmm. It really bunches your britches. Really just... Really just pull them up. <laughs> right up the butt crack. Right up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, but that being said, uh, mm-hmm. when it's not as, I don't know, gross... <laughs> It's not as sort of as as bothersome to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question, though. Like I mentioned before, uh, just a few minutes ago, when I was younger, I was watching it and going, hmm, yes. Because, like, that's what... <laughs> yes. Because it was literally made for me. Mm-hmm. How did you feel, you know, because I know you watched it even more so when you were younger than you do now. How did you feel as a young girl watching sort of the sexualization of younger girls and boys as well sometimes but less so to be honest i remember uh i think the weird sexualization of boys is happening more now mm-hmm. but back to your question it's a, it's a um, weird that's a weird kind of equality <laughs> yeah um but i remember with my best friend watching high school of the dead oh god and <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure that's rated 18. We were we were just hanging out at her house, and her brother had put it on her PlayStation, I believe. Uh, so we were watching it that and panting and panty and stocking, and well, that, that's, I, I hate that one. That's that's also actually an adult show. Yeah, but that one is just real bad and stupid and dumb. Um, <laughs> come at me, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but seeing. Some of the characters, they're in high school. And so I understand that, you know, some high school girls might be a little more developed. Because I was also in high school. Seeing these girls, I don't know, have huge knockers. And, like, (laughs) every five seconds the camera peeks under their skirt. It was uncomfortable because... Like, I, I, I understand it was probably <laughs> meant for young boys to watch, or old boys, I don't know. <laughs> teen, <laughs> teen <boys>. era boys. <laughs> boys in um, their teen years. Yeah, but it just, it felt greasy, you know? It felt like a <laughs> like an old man made made it, and they were like, hmm, let's see these young girls in their tidy whities Yeah, it felt a little slimy. Yeah, it felt slimy. Yeah. And they... Did it most with the teacher, the female teacher, mm-hmm. which was also uncomfortable because it was fan service, but less because it was well, the, a teacher instead of yeah. a fifteen-year-old, <laughs> uh, which I think anime does often. Weirdly enough, 
where they do a lot of fan service of underage ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I, you know, I, I, I like my anime. I really, problematic, though. It, it is. It is. <laughs> I like it, but it is problematic <laughs> in a lot of different ways. And it might be due to a lot of reasons. I've heard a lot of talk about, like, cultural differences in terms of, like, age of consent <clears throat> and understanding of, like, what is an adult person, yeah. what blah, blah, blah. And to them, it's, you know, m- more normal. For us, it's a little weird because we're... It's disconcerting. We're Americans! <laughs> but it, it, at the very least, it's disconcerting and, you know, it, it makes you question a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. I'm going to say uh, that, that, you know, that's interesting. Because for me, it was, like, yeah, it was always a little uncomfortable. But I was always very into it, and I was like, I just hope no one notices that I'm watching this. <laughs> uh, yeah. But for you, it was more of like an uncomfortable, like, well, that's kind of gross. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's there's fair. That makes plenty sense. of reasons why maybe I felt a little uncomfortable. But, you know, we don't got to talk about that. Eh, we don't got to worry about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's, honestly, we hit a few of them there. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> went back to back. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, what else? What else is a common trope or theme in animes small people packing a punch yeah um i've noticed that a lot of times it, oh what was it log horizon you watched <laughs> the the smallest person was like the best assassin and yeah. in bleach orihime's friend is super petite also stacked um in in her <laughs> Firepower <laughs> in her muscles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but they like to do the look at this, this small girl, but she's all also very powerful. buff and strong and powerful. Mm-hmm. Don't they do that a lot in um, not magical girl anime, but um, well, I mean, there's yes. a there's a specific one, um, isn't there? Uh, I don't know. Um, you have to. It's like super popular. Madoka Magica, blah, yeah, blah, 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 probably that one, yeah, like, they're, they're just a bunch of little girls, Yeah, they're, but like, they're real, insanely young. powerful. Yeah, it has something to do with, like, they have the power of, like, cosmic deities, mm-hmm. and they do witch magic and nonsense. It's weird, but Madoka Magica is a, a whole nother level of weird, because it's... Oh, yeah, anime gets weird. 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 You know that friend <laughs> I was talking about? She read a manga once uh, that I had started reading, but then I was like, mm, "This is this isn't for me. This is weird." And also, I'm distracted by other things. She continued to read it, and it was really freaking weird. I don't remember the name of it, so if this sounds familiar to you, let me know because it's gonna bother me a little. But in the manga, this is a little off track, but okay. In the manga. <laughs> It's about a little boy. He's not, like, super little. He's probably, like, 13, 14. Yeah, young which lad. Is, yeah. Which is small, but for an anime, not that small. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he meets this guy who's probably in college. Um, and I think they have ears. Like, they're very... What is it called? Like, anamorphic? Where they they have ears and tails and stuff. Amprophom But I don't know. There's something about you know how what I'm I think it's the older one who becomes like his weird slave. I don't know. It's very strange. Slave boy. Yeah. I don't like that. Exactly. That's a, that's a bad. Exactly, because he's so young, and then all this weird 
sexy stuff happens with this man with cat ears. I don't know. <laughs> was your friend, friend just reading it, gross anime porn? It had a plot. Okay. I don't know what the plot was, but it had a plot, apparently. She also read all of Fifty Shades of Grey because it had a plot. So she was just reading hentai. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we solved that mystery. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna go I'm gonna jump back to I'm sorry. <laughs> it popped into my head and I went there. I'm gonna jump back to Madoka Magica for a moment because uh, it is sort of adjacent to the idea of small people packing a big punch mm-hmm. but in a <laughs> in a very different sort of uh sort of way. With Madoka Magica, they like I'm I'm not the biggest fan of that show because I don't know, it just kinda makes me kind of yeah, bummed out I guess. But I understand why people really do like it. Like, it has a lot of interesting things in it. And the fact that it is focused on these young girls, like, they're young teen girls. And the whole shtick with them is that they're innocent. And they're pure. And they really just want to try and help people and their families and their friends and whatever else. And that's the whole purpose and intent, is that they're pure. And then the show is about them going through horrible, horrible things. And not like gross horrible just ah i watched my friend get dead i watched things bad things happen i tried my best to help people and then they were lost for some reason or another and to deal with that traumatic experience and the sort of the final summation of the of the show is that the the most power to you know overcome these issues comes from sort of the most innocent person so like the the one who seems the weakest the one who seems the smallest and the meekest the the least likely to be the powerful one mm-hmm. is the one who comes out as like i can take care of this because of my i don't know the because i'd seem like i wouldn't be the one is what i is why i am and that's interesting and that that definitely fits in with the the small characters having a big punch mm-hmm. in more of a thematic sense yeah being small doesn't mean you you have a small spirit Exactly. And uh, I don't know why that's a common thing, but it is. Like, tiny characters being incredibly powerful or having a lot of, you know, gumption behind them is a, a really tradi- a common trait. Uh, I'm thinking about, like, Full Metal Alchemist and the main character, Ed. His entire shtick is, I'm small, <laughs> but I'm a- an incredibly overpowered and ridiculously competent. Well... You you find those people in real life who are really small, really maybe frail looking, but they're weirdly physically strong or like just very sassy and yeah, like can take down anything. They they seem unimposing and unintimidating, mm-hmm. but they they're I don't know maybe because they seem that way, they've dealt with people trying to sort of uh, push them around and manhandle them in some sense of the word. Mm-hmm. So the the pushback has led to them. Yeah. So, so maybe this anime trope is based off of mildly real things. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. I think that sort of makes sense in the same way that the red versus blue thing made sense to some extent. Like, those are character, those are real people traits. And this is, I believe, an actual person trait. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree 100%. Alright, uh, speaking of... Uh, I don't know, tropes that have things to do with relationships and their 
naming, their characterization. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the weird anime tropes of characterization in characters like Senpai and what's the other one? Uh, Sundari. Okay, because I don't pronounce it correctly, apparently. I'm pretty sure it's Sundari. Okay. Yeah, just uh, sort of categorizing different relationships. And a lot of times they're kind of, eh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we wrote down just to remind ourselves of specifically the the senpai and mm-hmm. younger, I don't know. Yeah. Appreciator. Uh, Obviously, there's more. Yes. Uh, and I I don't I feel like this one this trope isn't going to be very long, just because it's kind of unique or not unique but sparse rare. Um, See, difficult to de- to define. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. I don't think it is as sparse as it used to be. I think with newer anime, it's starting to become a lot more of a focus. A lot more anime are really focusing on like, all right, this is the Sundari character. This is the the soft one. This is the whatever one. And this happens a lot in like back in the day. It happened a lot in <laughs> uh, harem animes to really care like. Characterize each girl. Yeah, in a in a simplistic one note sort of way, mm-hmm. and that has bled into more, you know, mainline anime, I suppose, uh, as a a common thing. A, an anime that I'm watching and talking about right now, uh, Black Clover, has uh, one of the the main girl in it. She's categorized as a secondary for the the other main dude because she's mean to him and kind of bullies him and whenever. They talk, and she's like, ah, oh, you're stupid. And the that's probably, the Zundari one's probably the most common one that I can think of. It's in a f- f- fuckload of anime, <laughs> to be honest. And I think it's the one I like the least. Yeah, I think it's because it seems like they do it in a way where she's mean to him, but she's doing it because she's in love with him. Yeah, that's it's which is it's it's a weird it's a weird depiction of affection that I don't think is accurate or healthy. <laughs> no. <laughs> and a lot of times it makes the the girl cuz usually the it's usually a girl not usually a boy who's characterized in this way seem kind of I don't know, annoying. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. Like uh, it's one of the reasons I wasn't the biggest fan of Sakura myself. Because she was very much a, uh, even though her affection was for Sasuke, like, that was the characterization for her in Naruto, was that, like, she cared about him, but whenever they actually talked or anything, she was just really mean to him. And, like, that just, I don't know, that just makes a character undesirable, unlikable, mm-hmm. when they're it's just because, kind of a dick. Yeah, because in real life, people who are mean to you, you don't want to be around them. Mm-hmm. And if it's like that that phrase what you hear all the time when you're little, like you, he's picking on you because he likes you. Yeah, no, fuck that. Which is messed up. If he's picking on you because he likes you, punch him in the dick and tell him to go home. Exactly. <laughs> I remember being told that and then being real confused. Like, <laughs> well, if he likes me, why is he being a jerk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely, like, of the ones that we, you know, wrote down to remind ourselves to talk about this, the the senpai and, uh, I don't know what the other word would be for the, 
the junior of the two. <laughs> <laughs> just put junior after it. Yeah. Senpai junior. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So the senpai and the and their junior. The like I, that relationship always rings a little. I don't know. More true to me. It's also sometimes taken uh, a little blown out of proportion, and it's usually when it is, it's kind of gross. But a lot of the times, when it's a little more moderate, <clears throat> it's just a oh wow, this person's real cool, and they're superior to me in status of some kind. Maybe my actual superior at, at a school, the higher grade sort of thing. Maybe they're an actual mentor at a place, an instructor of some kind. One way or another, it ends up being, I have a mentor who I look up to, and sometimes it leads to affection. Sometimes it just leads to sort of wanting to be more like them, or just this general sense of, of I don't know, compassion and connection to them. And that that's real. That makes a lot more sense than, I'm going to be mean to you because I like you. Yeah. That's just, that's my two cents on the, on the matter. I agree with you. Good. Uh, there's also uh, I can't even I can't even think of all the different characterizations of like the the love interest uh, archetype, but the only one that actually matters to me is the best girl, which is Hinata. It's <laughs> the one who's just sweet and kind and also a badass. Yeah, she's so cute. <laughs> uh, and that's in like uh, My Hero Academia. That's um. Uraka, Gravity Girl, and she's like that's that character is a lot more. Uh, I don't she's know. She's also small, but packs a punch. Yes, but her punch is <laughs> I touch you and then you float off into space and die. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's it's a sensitive, deadly punch. Uh, man, it, that that character is a lot more. Uh, also, red versus blue, <laughs> or green. Red versus green. <laughs> a greenish teal color. <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn it. That was good. So, uh, yeah, she, that character, Hinata and Uraka, the, the best girl, and just say, hey, I, I try really hard. I like this character, and I'm, that's just how I am. This is who I am. Very honest, very forward. Appeals a lot more to my sensibilities, and I think be just the naming naming structure to it people literally calling them best girl as as the modifier to what kind of character they are in the case that the general public would also say so and i i think honestly we could probably get rid of some of the other characterizations of the relationship characters mm -hmm. and just have them be a little more sincere mm -hmm. i think that would make anime better well putting in a character that cares about you but is mean to you i think is fine as long as it's for a reason mm -hmm. or as long as that character develops and there's some sort of possible plot or side plot that has to do with them not being mean to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like them figuring out wow i shouldn't do this i shouldn't act like this yeah, you know, growing as a person, mm -hmm. going, huh, maybe being kind of a dick is lame. Exactly. Yeah, no, agreed. I, 100%. Like, as long like as all, of the, all of the character types are warranted, as long as they're done in a way that isn't praised, I guess. 
yeah, it's, it's, if it's not a flat characterization, if it develops and is dynamic, I, I agree. It, it's worn, it's, uh, it has its place, mm-hmm. as long as it's done right. Cool. On to family. Ooh, uh, yeah. there aren't any. <laughs> That's the, the general premise. Well, our next, what, three or four tropes are just family-based? Yeah. Uh, so we have, you, like you just said, the absent family. In a lot of anime, you see this middle schooler teenager living by themselves. <laughs> they have parents, but they also just have their own place. And most of the time, they don't explain why or how. They just... They just live Maybe there. their parents pay for them to live in this completely separate apartment. <laughs> Who knows? But it's, they live by themselves. Yeah, it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Or even if they don't live by themselves, they only have one parent. Like, if you're an anime main character, you don't have both parents. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's impossible. You might have one. But even that is unlikely. <laughs> That's where anime and comics cross over. <laughs> if, you, if you're the main character or a superhero, you do not have parents. Nope. Uh, you know what's funny? Uh, thinking about My Hero Academia because I was just talking about it. It's also you know incredibly popular right now. Uh, Deku, the main character, I don't remember his other name. He has both parents. Mm-hmm. But you only see the mother. The dad <clears throat> is canonically, I believe, in America somewhere doing work and sending them money and i think it's funny because this is probably the possibly the only main the only main character in an anime that i can think of that has both parents you still only see one <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, i'm trying to think of an anime that the character has both parents uh, the first thing that came to mind was yuri on ice but he only has uh does he i think he just has a mom Shoot, I don't remember. It's been a long time since we watched that. We should watch it again. Um, Tokyo, it's incredibly good. <laughs> yeah, Tokyo Ghoul, he had, he had a mom, but then she died, I think. Um, Naruto doesn't have any. Does Parasite have? Does he have two parents? He does, but not for long. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so if you can if you can think of an anime where the hero has both parents, also let us know. Because we're blinking. And if for extra credit, if they have a good relationship with those parents, <laughs> that's the ultimate jackpot. If you find that, I don't know, send me a link. <laughs> it's unexpected. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the found family, mm-hmm. where maybe they do have a family at home. Maybe they don't. Either way, through whatever hardships they have or adventures, they find different people to fill those spots that just become the, the relationship is so strong they become family mm-hmm. this is the, sort of the biggest thing with my favorite anime uh one piece <laughs> like that this is that entire <laughs> fucking show Sorry. So, uh, is, is, is zoro the dad or is he an uncle he's uncle he's okay he... well then who's sanji is he also uncle no no no, no sorry uh luffy and uh Usopp are brothers Mm-hmm. Sanji and Zoro are cousins that hate each other. Is Frankie dad? Yes, Frankie and Robin are dad. <laughs> Mom and dad. Okay. Frankie. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, Frankie I forgot and... Robin existed for a minute. Yeah, Nami's the weird cousin that Luffy has feelings for, and no one talks about it. <laughs> uh, and the second cousin of Sanji, so he definitely has feelings for, because they're in the south apparently. I heard a rumor. 
rumor that... Sorry, that was rude. I, I heard a rumor <laughs> that... Excuse me. Luffy was, uh, what is it? Asexual? Like, he didn't have, like, any want to be <laughs> uh, that way with anyone? Uh, so far, seemingly. Uh, literally, he, uh... His character has been put into into positions in which he has uh, witnessed what is canonically, weirdly enough, considered the most beautiful woman in the show. Yeah, Snake Lady. Yeah, and he's just like, hey. Then <laughs> <laughs> she falls in love with him. Yeah, because her power is she can make anyone who's in love with her really hard, like stone hard. Literally turns up to stone. She has Medusa powers. That's her whole thing. And she can't turn him to stone because she isn't attracted to her in any way. Mm-hmm. And she finds his repulsion from her incredibly attractive. Yeah. Which is like a weird... <laughs> it's a, <laughs> a weird opposite to the Sunadre yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, hmm, everyone loves me. Except this guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he thinks I'm disgusting and I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, he's never shown any... Shows any... Uh, attraction or sexualization except literally the only times he does is when he hangs out with Usopp when Usopp has <laughs> Usopp's just a bad influence <laughs> yes. when Usopp has a uh, uh, overreaction to something sexual you know eyes pop or whatever nonsense Luffy copies him mm-hmm. at least that's what it's shown in the, in the few times that it has happened and I find that to be incredibly hilarious to, that's a small little little mm-hmm. thing but but yeah <laughs> that was a tangent. <laughs> that was a one piece tangent. Um, if you are hearing any like weird white noise It's this it's, one. <laughs> yeah, it's just me. I just admit white noise. Um uh, our window's half open and it's really windy today because we've had a lot of storms lately. We had a tornado warning a couple days ago, so it might be a little windy. Because hmm. we forgot to close the window, but if we close the window gonna get really hot in here real toasty <laughs> so uh bear with us. we'll try and uh get the the sound clear cleared up uh, through the editing but he <laughs> who knows uh but yeah uh, nonsense about one piece aside it is still very much a, a found family like plot that's mm-hmm. the entire uh, purpose of it <clears throat> aside from they're all have a dream and they're gonna get to that dream blah 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 the the real underlying crux of it is they all are displaced from their family in some way shape or form and are finding that <laughs> unity within each other. Like, uh, there is ser- literally not a single character, main character in One Piece, or main cast member, who has both parents. <laughs> Most of them don't have any. Yeah. And the ones who have other family, like with Luffy and his brother, brothers, both are literally killed off during the show. One of them is brought back, it's, it's, it's the thing. But... The blonde? Yeah. It's this sense of characters who are lost or who are displaced from their family in some way, shape, or form are attracted to finding that with someone else and finding a group that they can have that familiar connection with at all times. And I think that the fact that that's such a prominent trope within almost, I don't know, I'm going to say all anime that I can think of has that to some extent. Mm-hmm. The becoming closer with your your clique or your group than even with your family. Because with Bleach and Naruto and all that stuff, Naruto doesn't have family, but that's not really the point. They 
sort of have that sense of unity more with their teammates or with their friends or whatever else than they show with any other characters. Mostly because a lot of times their family isn't really there. And I'm not sure if that has any sort of cultural context. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it does. Because that would that would be confusing, <laughs> to say the least. But it's there. It's, it's, it's a common thing. And so it's something kind of important. Do you think it's, I don't know, a good one? Do you think it's a storyline that should persist? Or do you think maybe it's a, it's a little tired? it's tired because i think i said i think a lot i mean we're, we're thinking uh-huh. <laughs> uh i believe nailed it um <laughs> <laughs> i believe that it still happens people mm-hmm. are every day they are being estranged from their family and they're creating their own families I love my family, but I am still creating my own. Like, whoever watches an anime with the found family trope, you can relate to it wherever you are with your relationship with your own family. Because, I mean, (laughs) it's sad if this isn't true, but... Everybody makes friends who become family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's a very natural thing, especially for people who most of these animes are geared toward, you know, that young uh, young adult mm-hmm. teenager era in which you're separating from your family. Not so much in a emotional distance, yeah. well, but in a sense of like they're trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. And that requires meeting other people learning who they are and developing alongside them. Exactly. Because when you're growing up, I feel like you do distance from your family a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might come back to it later, but as you're learning who you are and who you want to be, you're meeting these different people and you meet them in a time maybe where, and I I feel like you meet people when you need to meet them. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes those people become part of your family. Yeah, uh, 100%. And again, the fact that this age group is so has a tendency to do this so so readily, so often, because I don't know about you, but that teenage era was the, the most, I don't know what I am, mm-hmm. <laughs> time. <laughs> and I believe that's that's the usual you know feeling for most people in that age group is they're trying to discover who they are. Maybe that doesn't go away for some people, and that's fine. But that is the most likely period of time in which people are developing their own thoughts and ideas because that's the time period in which they're being not separated, but just distance. Mm -hmm. They're having more responsibility in other things. So they're developing who they are outside of whatever other groups they already had. And that requires meeting people and creating these new found families so I yeah that makes sense that this would be such a common thing because it reflects the fan the audience in which they are trying to attract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, even when like Stranger Things, they have their everybody has a family and they're usually but pretty decent. They also have their little pack and somehow 
the little family they have with all their friends seems stronger than the family they have with their actual family. To be fair, it's like the 80s and families were weird back then. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But no, I, I agree. Like, I think that for a period of time, for almost everyone, your friends are more important than your family to you. And I don't think that's wrong or bad or anything like that. It's just you relate to these people more than you relate to your parents because, again... They're your age. Exactly. They're of a different time, and you're with people who are helping you develop your own ideas. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you can feel closer to them. I think that being a focus of so many anime, and honestly, so many TV shows in general, like Stranger Things, is because of how, not just prevalent, but how important it is to child development Mm -hmm. or teenager development. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, and then we have the mom character who, um, on our list, it says <laughs> braid mom dies. But <laughs> um, to flow into that a little bit better, there is a lot of times that that mom character who, even if she's not the character's mom, she tries to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not just an anime, in actual movies and in real life, but... The one that we are talking about is Is, your actual mom, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but she always has the side braid, and she probably dies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is is a really specific one, and it's, you know, sort of related to what we've just been talking about, because it relates to not having certain family members, specifically the mom in this case, and that loss. But the thing is, for some reason, like with Red and Blue and other stuff that we've talked about today... Anime loves to have visual cues. Mm -hmm. And when they introduce uh, a mother with sort of this, uh, I don't know what it's called, like a French braid or Dutch braid or whatever that goes off. (laughs) Dutch braid? (laughs) (laughs) And it goes off around the shoulder. That's every almost every single time that mother dies mm-hmm. and it's it's because she's so sweet <laughs> yes almost you cannot al- live if you are the nicest person yeah they're almost always super kind it's mm-hmm. wild like they always specify this mother this side braid wearing mother is like an epitome of what a mother should be kind mm-hmm. and compassionate but also you know a stern person who's mm-hmm. like hey here's what, it, what you should be as a person. I'm going to help you grow into this. Like, they're a perfect mother, and they die. Yes. Attack on Titan has it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Full Metal has it. Doesn't Parasite have it? Yeah, she also has the side. Yeah, see, it's like, <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, that's why I was so happy in My Hero Academia when the mom has, like, a bob. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I'd be so yeah. mad if she does. Yeah, it's so <laughs> good. Yeah, it's, it's so common. It's such a strange one. Like, all the other uh, mm. visual cues seem like they're rooted in something the the colors have sort of an understood uh correlation to sort of this feeling sentimentality this idea uh the fact that characters are distinguished from the rest in some visual way that makes sense small characters having an inner power that makes sense the braid i don't understand (laughs) I don't understand what this uh, what this developed from or why. I'm, I imagine there might be a long rooted history of it, and if I 
find anything explaining that. Maybe I'll even link it down below or something like here-ish. If there's not anything, you're crap out of luck like us. But it's it's incredibly strange. Yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. Maybe women who traditionally wear their hair in a braid like that are just personality-wise very soft. I don't know. Very feminine. Um, which I guess feminine means you're kind. I mean, yeah, it might be linked to a lot of these, you know, older understandings of uh, the feminine personality and that hairstyle obviously is a very common well not common but a very uh female centric one mostly because men and women typically have short and long hair respectively (laughs) as a commonality so maybe it's just meant to show you know their their link to that femininity Mm -hmm. Uh, but i'm not sure I'm not sure why that's no style. It's, it's strange and it's interesting <laughs> and it's a visual cue that has uh, it has some weird staying power because it's been in a lot of things and I feel like it's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, I think that's all of them, right? Nope. No? We have one more. What's What we got left? We have the bro character. Then we also have, like, one that's not a trope, but it's maybe more of a quirk, where the main character, if they have some sort of power, if it's not, like, a slice of life, uh, they keep leveling up. Like, Ichigo, he, he, he's a human. Now he's, uh, I was going to say Death Eater. <laughs> he's a human. Now he's, he's a Soul, soul Eater. Re- soul eater? Reaper? Reaper? Oh, my God. A Soul Reaper, and then he's, you know, uh, a Hollow, and then he's... A Quincy. Yeah, Quincy, and then he's all of them, and then he's something else. And then in Dragon Ball, where he just, you know... They keep leveling up and getting a new form and all this. Ridiculously insane. And then Gurren Lagann, where maybe not themselves keep getting physically stronger. Their willpower keeps getting stronger. (laughs) And then their machines keep getting bigger. Their drills keep getting bigger. So much bigger. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the uh, Gurren Lagann and uh, and Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. I think, are the epitome of leveling up. Of the just constantly the main characters getting stronger and stronger and this whole sense of a power level. Doesn't Dragon Ball have the saying where you're like power 10,000 or level oh, 10,000? Yeah, it's... Uh, Vegeta screaming, it's over 9,000! <laughs> and his thing explodes, the scouter. Uh, I believe that's actually misquoted. It's like a Mandela effect. I don't think he actually ever said 9,000, but for some reason that's become the term. <laughs> Anyways, <Employer>. but yes. <laughs> but yes, uh, that that's a thing. Like they, and Specifically in Dragon Ball Z, they say the words power level. That's a thing mm-hmm. that they talk about often. And just always having to go above and do a little something stronger, a little something more, you know, impressive is I think especially in shonens in which, you know, battle anime is a constant thing that everyone is always so focused on. And I'm not saying that's bad. I just think maybe it's a little 
it gets exhausting. Yeah. Because you know, you know the character's just gonna get stronger, and mm-hmm. he's just gonna beat the bad guy, and for some reason be more powerful than anyone else. Yeah. He's gonna get taken down like five times and still get back up because he's just so powerful. And then he's gonna keep getting stronger and beat the next bad guy. I would like to see, I know some anime do this, but more often I would like to see the main character reach a level and then not be able to go any further because he's just (laughs) a person. Yeah, he's a person. He's physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. Not powerful enough to go beyond that 9,000. And (laughs) maybe the the villain defeats him, or maybe he has to defeat the villain with the level he has by using his smarts or by using his friends to help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't be wrong. Like I, I, I agree. I think I, I would like to see that as well, where it's just they, they reached a point in which they're there, and now they just have to get better at doing things. They don't have to just get stronger. Mm-hmm. They just have to improve their actual skills. It's far more impressive to me and i think some anime can do the power level gain the the constant creep a little better than others a lot of times it seems kind of artificial like i loved dragon ball z when i was younger and i still to some extent enjoy it i'm not you know i'm not gonna knock it but it is possibly the most egregious <laughs> use of this where it's just they get stronger they level up and then i'm gonna super say one two three whatever else mm-hmm. And you think you can't get any more, and then it does. Yep, Super Saiyan God, and then uh, like what? Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, which is blue for some reason, and it just it's, it keeps getting. You shouldn't be able to go higher than God. Yeah, it's unless <laughs> you like you are the God of God. Yeah, well, baby, God's God. So I don't understand. know what you would call that. You have to understand, Super Saiyan God is they become the God of Super Saiyans. And then while in super, while they are the Super Saiyan gods, they go Super Saiyan. Is it dumb? Yes. <laughs> but does it make internal sense? No. No. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. But I, I, I like honestly, I loved it because it was so dumb. <laughs> anyway, that's not really the point. The point is like, are they gorillas? Sort of. You know, we can talk about this. <laughs> we can do a different episode. Anyway, <laughs> we can talk about that later. Uh, we can talk about someday. The correlation between uh, Dragon Ball Z and the affinity that black and African-American people have towards that anime. And it's a pretty striking connection to it that has a lot to do with the kind of racist correlations of Dragon Ball Z. And the fact that Saiyans are a aggressive battle race of people who are literal monkeys. I watched, I've read an entire thing about it. It's really interesting. We'll talk about it someday. But right now, back to the power level thing. I think some ones can do it really well. Like, Dragon Ball Z is a little, I don't know, simplistic in its power level creep and all this stuff. But then there are ones like, going back to, you know, more current ones, My Hero Academia, the main character has all of the power he's going to have. Mm-hmm. He's, from the very beginning, given the ultimate key to all power. But he's not good at it. <laughs> like, he just physically is not good at using it. So the the power creep is, oh, I learned how to do this better. I learned how to do this now. I can 
move around better doing this kind of movement instead of this kind of movement. And that's a lot more interesting than just I leveled up, mm-hmm. you know? That's, that it feels a lot more organic and a lot better than any other sort of yeah. growth. <clears throat> Sometimes when they level up, there's nothing to it. It's just they'll get taken down and get real angry, then all of a sudden they have this willpower or this new power that makes them stronger. Sometimes there's a training montage or an episode where they <laughs> go train with someone for a little while. Maybe there's a time skip. Um, but a lot of times it's just, for some reason, they've gained more power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a lot of times connected to like the power of friendship and all this, <laughs> all this other stuff that's... Uh, uh, honestly a staple of so many older animes mm-hmm. uh man uh i was just thinking about again one piece because i'm very familiar with it but it also does the power creep in a way that despite the fact that it's actually pretty organic in the anime it has an a- this weird aspect of like artificial growth because sort of like dark Z, it has a number system that categorizes the character as like Ah, here's what level they are, the bounties or whatever. And it's interesting that this, to me, because it does kind of both. It does a bad version of it and a good version of it. Because with the the Wanda posters, mm-hmm. they look at a character and like, ah, this character's really powerful or really whatever. They have a stupidly high number on their bounty. And that just keeps going up. Every X many years, we get another... Uh, list of of bounty of wanted bounty posters and the numbers just keep getting dumber and bigger and wilder <laughs> and it seems like that's never gonna go down like it's never gonna plateau it has to but it's never gonna while that is happening the characters are growing in a way that feels more organic which is it's weird that it sort of has both going on with it like with luffy when he levels up when he gets more powerful it's not he, he just found more power it's, oh, I can use my weird elasticity powers in interesting ways. His first power-up was, uh, he's made of rubber, and apparently that goes for everything. His bones, his blood, everything connected to him is rubber. So he can stretch out his veins and make the blood go through him faster so that his heart beats super quickly and gives him more adrenaline and makes him run faster and punch harder, which would work. If it didn't kill you, which it would, but that's not the point. There's an anime character, he can survive. So, like, it's an interesting power-up that makes sense, and it's about the character developing a better understanding of their ability and using it in a unique way. And still, it's framed in this, here's the power level, though, and here's this, and here's that. So I'm not saying I, I don't, you know, like the way One Piece does it. I'm not saying they should take away the Wanda posters. I just think it's because it's from an older era like it's one of the older animes currently you know being popular uh it was in the time when when you know dragon ball z was running hard and i think that was more of a thing back then this numbered power level this this strength and this ah i need to be stronger now here's the next level i'm just gonna keep artificially getting more powerful meanwhile now i think that's a lot less common i think we see a lot of characters practicing their skills and developing unique ways to use them as a way of showing growth. 
Yeah, I, I think that, that's cool. I like I like the this transition in anime. Is there any other tropes that you can think of that you want to mention or talk about? Oh, oh da, 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 da. hmm. Ah, yes. There's one last trope. The trope of uh, the character who's like really cool and really neat, but they're gonna die if you don't help them financially, like us. Because uh, you should go to our Patreon and help us out with a little bit of a donation. Uh, for a few bucks, you can get a number of different little little bonuses. Uh, some uh, Patreon-exclusive podcast episodes of the remix in which we make basically our own <laughs> headcanons of different shows and games and other things that we've done. Um, beyond that, you can demand an episode of the show. You can always send in a request, but that's not going to be put in immediately or possibly ever if we feel it doesn't fit right into what we're trying to do. But if you demand it, you know, we're, we're going to have to yeah, do you it. You give us money for it. I mean, we're just going to have to. <laughs> uh, you can also be part of the show and uh, join us for an episode of whatever you want. Yeah. If Probably it's... the thing you picked. But yeah, um, even if it's just on the podcast, maybe not a video mm-hmm. or maybe you just want to be. On the video, not the podcast, for some reason. We'll figure it out. Yeah, whatever it is that you want to be a part of, we'll be happy to help you come in. And, uh, yeah, we have, you know, these little things to help you, uh, to give back to you for helping us out. So we'd really appreciate if you stop by patreon.com forward slash Delta Cryptid Productions. That's us. Yeah. You can find us on the Twitters and the Facebooks and Instagram. Instagram, all of which you can... Find us at with the tag Crypto Delta or Delta Crypto Productions. They work on almost all of those platforms back and forth. Mm-hmm. So it uh, should be easy to find us. It's a very Googleable term. <laughs> um, let us know what kind of things you like. Let us know what you've been up to and give us ideas. You know, we're, we are always willing to talk to you guys. Uh, we love talking to you guys when you do talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any. Uh, constructive criticism is always welcome. Any discussion in general is always fun to have. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you again for listening and watching if you are. Uh, and Go I... rate us on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> what Go she that. said. Uh, give us a five-star rating and a little review. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us a five-star rating and a shit review. It doesn't really matter. Let us know how you feel, but give us a five-star rating. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks so much for watching and listening and being a, a part of this thing. There's a surprising number of you that listen sometimes and that's uh, kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we can see that you're watching listening we want to talk to you <laughs> be our friend what? <laughs> I-, I wanted to sing be our guest from beauty and the beast but be our friend it's a bad habit i should stop randomly going into song it's <laughs> <laughs> do it all the time our life is a musical <laughs> uh anyways it's, it's been a real hoot i will see you next week <laughs> Bye, we Bye. love you!